wanted to swallow from his canteen, but left it for the battlefield. Low on stamina, he figured to keep himself fueled on aggravation. He changed out the magazine in his M4. Beside him, Doc, a marathon runner and a former Marine, catnapped. He and LB were the only PJs on the team in their forties, Doc the only one gone bald. Back home in Vegas, he had four daughters and an ER nurse for a wife. Nothing outside his own house upset Doc. At Wally's radio call of one minute out, the two lowered their goggles and rose to their knee pads. Pedro II's gunner dropped his visor, spread his legs behind the starboard minigun, and latched on to the grips. At a hundred feet altitude, the chopper leaned back on its cushion of air. LB and Doc unclipped their cow's tails, poised for a fast drop in the middle of a firefight. Doc shoved open the door just before the chopper set wheels down, tiptoe, light and quick. He leaped first into spirals of dust and stinging gravel. LB got close on his butt. The big HH-60 bounced back into the air. The second bird raced in behind her. They ran crouching to a squad of Royal Marines, waving from behind the low cover of a stacked stone wall. LB and Doc joined eight commandos with rifles on top of the wall. L.B. didn't know where to aim. The Brit leader was a slight but leathery lieutenant, gray-eyed above a blonde mustache, the same sandy color as his commando's camouflage. He seemed in control, and the Marines flanking him looked rugged. The fingers of the commando beside L.B. were flaky with dried blood. L.B. nudged him. You okay? Yeah, no worries. Go get my mates. This was the battle L.B. and his team leaped into with every combat rescue. They brought calm to the frantic, order to the chaotic. They stood there training and their own courage beside the wounded and frightened, the isolated and the dying, and together they fought their way back to safety and life. L.B. had never been to this spot in Nod Ali district, but he knew well the Afghan landscape, a drab vista broken by gullies and ancient stone walls. Half a kilometer north, a mud-hut village squatted on the cusp of a wheat field. Goats and camels stood tied to posts. Mulberry trees lined a skinny, paved road running east-west over weedy ground. All of it baked in the afternoon heat. Distant orange mountains hemmed in the village under a sky so clear an early moon peered down. Why did this Brit patrol draw gunfire? More than likely, some bad guys were operating out of the nearby village. They'd appealed to the local tribal chief's duty under Islam to protect them, and bribed him for good measure. The tribesmen were just earning their pay, calling it religion. The lieutenant nodded to L.B. and Doc. Sergeants, thank you. They waited seconds for Wally, Quincy, and Jamie to reach them at a dead run. Thirty meters off, Pedro One lowered her brow to zoom away. Quincy and Jamie exchanged hurried nods with the English commandos, then added their carbines over the wall. Wally arrived, skidding beside the Brit team commander. Wally pulled down his sunglasses, showing the crow's feet of fifteen years in harsh climates. Green-eyed and steely, he let the lieutenant see the measure of confidence his commandos should have in the American guardian angels. What do you got? Right, Captain. An hour ago we came up on that village. When we got near the road, my point man tripped an IED. The blast took him out and one other. The rest of us drew small arms fire. Not sure from whom. Villagers, Taliban, they've bloody all got guns. 
I called to regroup. Nine of my twelve came back. I've got one man seventy meters there, west. I saw him go down. The other two are north toward the road. I can't say exactly where. Can't see them from here. My men don't have radios. We can hear them shouting to each other. The lieutenant bit his lip. We've tried. We can't get to them. That was rough for him to say. Before the big chopper could gain altitude, she took small arms fire. Bangs snapped out of the field across the road. Kalashnikov rounds whisked above the wall, driving down the heads of the commandos and PJs. The HH-60 banked sharply away, blowing dust over the men hugging the wall. Grit clung to the sweat on LB's neck. Returning his weapon over the wall, he stared down his M4, swinging left and right. Nothing presented itself for a target but a dry landscape dotted by tufts of wild grass and the debris of old farm machines.